It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a fatigue, listen to yourself, the world, but it don't need something to your own head. Beat it up and I repeat, got no seats, the hunter from the platter with the fear fight down. Like fire in a fire, with the system of the gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, but you're eating it down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of doom. Let's hope not. Whoa. And bloom. Well, let's North hope. Co- with North Korea around, <laughs> well, let's hope the bloom comes around, but the doom is always there right around the corner. Arr. Hey, I know. Hey, friends and neighbors, welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, an effervescent event in an egregious world. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Joel Nimdi, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 900 videos, posts, podcasts, all sorts of stuff on medical preparedness for any disaster. I have one question for yes. you. Yes. When are you going to get to 1,000? Oh, soon. What's up, Buttercup? Soon. Soon? You think? <sighs> you dance. better get to writing, man. I'm dancing as fast as I can. I <laughs> and can I'm say. editing videos as fast as I can. And I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> so, Who are you? I am Amy Alton. I'm a certified nurse midwife and an advanced registered nurse practitioner. I'm also known as Nurse Amy. And the hostess of the mostess and the mostess and whatever. <laughs> Our mission is to You're put making a, my head hurt. <laughs> our mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. We are the dynamic duo. We're here just to help you keep it together, even if everything else falls apart. It's yes. true. It's true. Friends and neighbors. Yes. Have you been injured in an accident? With a paradoxical bird of paradise. Our attorney says, don't call me. Call Dr. Brones and Nurse Bro- Amy. Brones? And Who's Nurse that? Amy, yes. You changed your name? Dr. Brones. <laughs> and listen to this. I call you Dr. Brains. You're very smart. <laughs> I used to be. I'm losing brain cells rapidly. You tell me that every day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's happening every day. That's a problem. Aww. <laughs> anyway, all information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only. And do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the host and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. True dad. True dad. Hey. What? The problem is. Yes. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to help your loved ones if the rescue helicopter isn't on the horizon? Call Ghostbusters? What are you going to do? 
Well, in times of trouble, you have to realize you might be the highest medical resource left. So turn on that miracle in your skull called the brain and learn what to do for injuries and illness in disasters. It's just common sense to get some supplies and a medical kit to go along with that knowledge. And what better place to get it than the very sensible Nurse Amy's entire line of often imitated, never equaled, and I mean it, medical kits at store.doomandbloom.net. They're going to help you handle medical issues when the you-know-what hits the fan, and they're designed by, indeed, a doctor and a advanced registered nurse practitioner. Compare them for contents, for quality, and for costs with anybody else's stuff. And I mean that, too. And if you've got a little more sense than God gave a clam, you'll agree <laughs> that our kits are the ones you should have in your medical story. <laughs> That's from Fargo, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give us a turn, Vern. We learn as much from you as you do from us, probably a whole lot more. So please connect with us. It is so easy. Here's a lovely nurse Amy to tell you how. Absolutely. Email us anytime at drbonespodcast at aol.com. You can find us on Facebook at our group, Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We have a couple of Facebook pages. One is Doom and Bloom. The other one is Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And by the way, doctor is spelled out in that one. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, what happened with that? I (laughs) forgot. You know, it's funny. I, I, I go on it, but I never paid attention that we actually used the entire word doctor. My brain just sees DR. I know. Most of our stuff is DR. Right, right. right. I don't know. That was the first thing we ever did on Facebook. So it's true. It's the oldest. Uh, you also have a personal Dr. Bone. Excuse me. <laughs> Joe, a- Joe Alton. Joe Amy. Joe Alton page. <laughs> yes, there is indeed. But MD. So friend me if you want to. Also, no problem. Also, we have a YouTube channel. In fact, you just put up a recent video, which we'll be talking about that subject today. Right. Sulfa drugs. Very good video, honey. Uh, our YouTube channel is Dr. Bones Nurse Amy. We have another podcast, which I'll let you talk about in a second. But I want to mention one more thing that I've done. I took the advice of Jack Spierko. And anyone out there oh, who yeah. knows Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast um, knows that he um, asked people um, if they're going to go on Amazon to help support him by typing in, um, a URL and what I would like you guys to do if you want to help support us cost you nothing when you're going to Amazon instead of typing Amazon type doom az and that's d-o-o-m-a-z dot com and you know a little bit of the proceeds from your purchases again doesn't cost you anything uh, will help fund us. Yep, the phrase travel expenses, we never charge people for coming to talk. No, nope, to uh, And we talk a lot uh, throughout the country. So <laughs> A lot that, of travel expenses, and we'll say that. That we'll would be leave great. it at that. <laughs> that would be great. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, I also want to say that we have anyway, a Anyway, thanks, folks, if you do that. We also have a YouTube channel at Dr. Bones Nurse Amy. We did that already. Oh, and we did that. And yes. we also have another podcast. That's what I wanted to talk about. A podcast that really revolves around current events, and that is called American Survival Radio. And that is with Genesis Communications Network, GCNlive.com. You'll find it there. And you'll also find it on some radio stations throughout the country, KPJC, Relevant News Talk Radio, out of Salem, Oregon, KRFE in Lubbock, Texas, KIMB on the Internet, and KF. AR in Fairbanks, Alaska. Also, Prepper, the Prepper Broadcasting Network, the USA Emergency Broadcasting Network, and Shake and Wake Radio. A lot of other radio networks, internet radio networks do follow us. So please 
support these guys. They have great shows and great hosts. And don't forget to come see us when we travel the country. We're spreading the good word of disaster medical preparedness. We're going to be all over this year. We're going to be in Asheville, North Carolina next, I think. That's going to be in early May. And we're going to yes, be... Yes, May 6th and, and 7th. And you're going to do a, a very... special class. Intensive class. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, I guess about every two years, we find an opening in our schedule. So this is pretty exciting. Because we will be up in Tennessee at the time, after the Mother Earth show. We will be doing an eight-hour class, which includes a lot of things. Did you actually print out a list? I didn't, but I can tell you that we're going to be talking about uh, bleeding control. We're going to be doing hands-on suturing and stapling and wound care. uh, Burn management. Uh, How to recognize respiratory sounds on... uh, uh, stethoscope. How to uh, diagnose so can, uh, pneumonia, for example, or bronchitis, or orthopedic injuries. We'll be talking about a lot of stuff, and you're going to get some supplies to take home with you: Israeli battle dressings and a blood pressure cuff and stethoscope, and a number of other person. things. Yeah, so they'll also get to keep their instruments they used for the suturing class, that's and right. we give them a staple kit. They also, get a yes. free, untouched, unused staple kit. It's not the one that you will be using during the class. So that's actually um, another bonus. And um, we, although we have not mentioned that in the description, we actually have a DVD with all the slides that we show. Oh, right. The last time we did the yes, class, that's right. we have the same slides. Of course, we'll be updating them with more things. But I just want to emphasize that during the eight-hour class, for folks that live around Knoxville, Asheville area, it's, it's in Kodak, just Tennessee. north of Sevierville. But and it's right on I-40. Right on I-40. If you were heading north of Sevierville or east out of Knoxville, you'd just run right into this hotel. Where but, will they find more information on that? Okay, they're going to find it on doomandbloom.net and go on the classes page. Uh, but also, just want to mention that in the trauma and the bleeding section, you will be learning how to use different tourniquets, all about hemostatics, uh, so a lot of really good uh, trauma information and hands-on. Absolutely. Hey, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about a new um, product for sick birds. Sick birds, Sick birds. That's right. (laughs) You know, our friend uh, Cameron at the uh, uh, veterinary antibiotic website, fishmoxfishflex.com just notified us that after a number of years, Thomas Lives come up with a couple of new uh, antibiotic products that might be useful for sick fish and sick birds. Uh, there could be a lot of preventable deaths among the fish in your aquarium from infectious diseases if things go south, that's for sure. So it pays to have some of this stuff on hand. We talked about sulfa drugs probably a couple of shows ago, and we're going to talk today about what is one of the most commonly prescribed medicines in the U.S., ZPAC or azithromycin, and now it is available in a new over-the-counter product from Thomas Labs called Bird Zithro, Z-I-T-H-R-O. Now, before I start, a, a short disclaimer, we just said a disclaimer, but everything I say is for informational educational purposes only for fish and birds alone and do not take the place of seeking medical advice from a qualified professional. In other words, don't listen to a word I say. (laughs) (laughs) Listening to old coots like me on the internet, man, that's no way to go through life. (laughs) You know, that's what I have to say. Do your own research. That's right. (laughs) Anyway, azithromycin is a member of the macrolide family, 
uh, same family as erythromycin. And besides, uh, birdzithro can be also be found as uh, aquatic azithromycin. It's effective against various types of staph, strep, and other kinds of bacteria, and even treats some sexually transmitted diseases. Now, azithromycin works by stopping the synthesis of proteins necessary for the growth and multiplication of these bacteria. I prefer it myself to the related erythromycin powder you might see around, or sometimes they call it fishmycin. Uh, azithromycin is a later generation, and it's more available in a capsule and more easily dosed as a result. And also azithromycin is more potent against certain bacteria than erythromycin is. Now, other features include an, an improved effectiveness when you take it orally. So it's a good medicine to take orally. It has a higher concentration of the drug in tissues and infected tissues. And the side effects are not too unreasonable. The, the widespread popularity of this antibiotic, ZPAC, is due to its slow elimination from the body, which allows for less total days to take it. ZPAC, for example, is used for five days. And uh, for less times taking it, instead of erythromycin taking that, let's say, three to four times a day for up to two weeks, and you can take a bird zithro, or you can take ZPAC, two pills at once, and then one pill a day, or maybe twice a day, depending on what you're actually treating it for, uh, what, what you're treating with the azithromycin, that is. Azithromycin is used to treat uh, bronchitis, certain types of pneumonia, otitis media, ear infections, skin infections, some throat infections, uh, sinusitis, tonsillitis, typhoid fever, a pandemic disease that uh, azithromycin would take care of. Uh, sexually that is a trans long list. That is. Uh, sexually transmitted diseases like gonorrhea and chlamydia. It can treat whooping cough, certainly something that we're seeing on the rise recently because uh, less people are vaccinating their kids. And even Lyme disease, if you use it in the early stages, it will actually treat that too. Uh, you would take azithromycin at about 250 or 500 milligrams once daily for a relatively short course of treatment, five days I think I mentioned. And the first dose is usually a double dose, twice as much as the remainder of the doses that you get, that you take. And we call that kind of, that way of giving medicine as starting with a loading dose, a loading dose. So ZPAC, for example, has a loading dose of two pills at once and then one pill on a daily basis. Of course, uh, for different illnesses, the dosing and length of treatment can vary. For uh, bacterial sinusitis, for example, you take it once daily for only three days. And if you're taking a 500 milligram dosage and you have side effects, which some of the side effects are diarrhea, nausea and vomiting, dizziness, just drop down to the lower dosage. Uh, azithromycin is not known to cause problems in pregnant patients, but should only be used if clearly necessary. It's okay to give peop uh, to people that have allergies to penicillin, for example, but it shouldn't be used in infants younger than six months. Other side effects, let's see, upset stomach. Uh, sometimes I will say that azithromycin may not be a good thing to take if you have problems with irregular heartbeats. Uh, those are also known as arrhythmias. And uh, people who have liver or kidney disease, well, it can build up in, in malfunctioning livers, livers that don't metabolize things well, or kidneys that don't excrete these drugs out well. It can be a problem if you have those. So you might consider not taking it if you have those issues. I just want to emphasize the diarrhea, that it's not an allergy. If you end up with diarrhea, 
and pretty much everyone that we've ever given a Z-Pack to has complained that they've had some mild or even pretty bad diarrhea. So it's just a side effect. It's okay. It's just the medicine. Make sure you hydrate. You might want to consider eating some bananas, um, maybe Apples, some oatmeal, applesauce. right? Applesauce, you know, and definitely stay hydrated uh, if something's going on like that. Right. Um, I will say, though, that I take it. Helps. The funny thing is that really varies from person to person because I take it and I really don't see much You're lucky. Of that. That's so why. So what can I say? I'm a lucky boy. You got an iron stomach. <laughs> so those are adverse reactions and not allergies. Exactly. But an allergy is also possible, as it is with almost any drug. Don't take it if you're allergic to the erythromycin family of medicines. So if you're allergic to erythromycin, this drug is not for you. Uh, interestingly, the use of antacids... Uh, with magnesium or aluminum in it, like Maalox, for example, seems to slow down the absorption of azithromycin and it decreases the effect. So stay away from antacids if you can, at least that have aluminum or magnesium in it if you're going to be taking a course of azithromycin. Now, to find out more about azithromycin and other antibiotics available without a prescription for your medical storage, check out a copy of the physician's desk reference, an important thing for the survival medic to have. It's okay if you have one that's a couple of years old. As well, you'll find it also, of course, in our book, The Survival Medicine Handbook, which you'll find on Amazon or on our website at doomandbloom.net if you want to have it signed to you personally. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you know, I said in the beginning that this was the video that was up. I thought you were going to be talking about sulfa, but you ended up talking about azithromycin. This is a future video that I'm supposed to record for you to Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to my editing when I can. Yep, we got the lighting. This... I've got makeup on. No, I don't. I do not have makeup, makeup. on. That's the last thing he'll let me put on him. Other than some, uh, uh, other than toenail polish. Yeah. Right? <laughs> In <laughs> no, a I bright fuchsia. Right? I don't. I don't have that either. I wish stripes. I did. I absolutely wish I did. <laughs> anyway, so the recent video is on sulfa medications, and um, obviously we we're talking that about that one's up already. Yep. Yeah, azithromycin will put up. In future, I'm not going to commit to a date. <laughs> Every day, I have my priority list and my get-to list. Yes, and work, work, work. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is what I hear every morning when he hands me coffee. <laughs> work, we work, have work. lives to save work, here. Work, work, work. We have lives to save. At midnight, he's get, he's yeah. coming out with other projects. So I'm like, <laughs> can I just go to sleep, please? You've got a sweatshop here, and I'm the one sweating. <laughs> You poor thing. I, it's all right. I love it. I love it. It's fine. You're so you're much. a nice guy, and um, I'll keep putting up with you for a while. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I only have a while left, I think. So <laughs> I think you've got a much longer while than you expect, darling. <laughs> hey, so. you know what? Speaking of infectious diseases, uh, you know, normal times we've got this luxury, this incredible miracle of modern medicine and, of course, modern medical facilities that can isolate a person with an infectious disease from healthy people. But in a survival scenario, well, you know, organized medical care, out the window. And so that places you and your family into the position of having to be at risk for these infectious diseases and maybe not have the facilities put together to actually deal with them effectively. Uh, we might be thrown back really into the 19th century if you think about it by a, a true disaster, a true off, get you off the grid type of disaster. But the good news is that we have the knowledge of knowing about how infections occur and how hygiene is and sanitation, good sanitation is helpful 
to prevent that. Uh, so the knowledge of how contagious diseases are spread, how to sterilize supplies, things like that, gives us a major advantage over medical personnel of bygone eras. And so you do have the ability to deal with a lot of these problems. Now, if you have some knowledge, it should be possible for a medically prepared person to put together what we call a sick room, or if you're on the move, a hospital tent that will minimize the chance of infectious disease running rampant throughout the community. And the cornerstone of care here is to deal effectively and humanely with the sick while keeping the healthy from becoming the sick, from becoming infected, absolutely. Now, in the face of a looming catastrophe, you got to make the decision whether you're going to stay in place or whether you're going to get out of Dodge. And if you're staying in place and you have a home or a retreat, choose a room where the sick are going to be cared for. Now, that room should be separate from common areas like the kitchen, for example, where food is prepared, should have good ventilation and light, and preferably should have a door or other physical barrier to the rest of the retreat. So in other words, it should be able to be closed up so that you don't have a lot of bacteria in the air or other kinds of things that may be airborne droplets uh, going around. If the wiser choice is to actually leave the area to hit the road, Jack, well, shelter's an issue and that can be addressed, of course, with tents, for example, if you happen to have a good set of tents that every, everybody has their own. Well, you need to choose the tent as the sick room and you have to place it on the periphery of the camp over all the way on one side so that it's not right in the middle of where everybody is. Uh, here, also, you need good ventilation. So you have, need a tent that has flaps that allow circulation through the actual interior of the tent. Now, with sick rooms in a retreat or a camp, it's important to designate them before a disaster occurs. Now, there may be groups where a number of people are living together. And if that's, let's say, in your home, everybody's supposed to go to your home when the trigger event happens and everybody has to sort of hunker down. Well, if you procrastinate about where the sick room is going to be, that's going to cause someone to lose what they believe to be their home, their room, their tent, and sacrificing it for the greater good. Now, unless you have picked that well beforehand and everybody knows about it, that will breed resentment from those people at a time where everybody needs to pull together, right? So it's very, very important for you to make that decision beforehand and start planning to deal with it and make that an effective seal, a sick room. Sometimes you may find that there isn't a spare room or tent really to assign as a sick room. If you only have a common area to work with, then you have to figure out how to make some kind of makeshift barrier, even if it's just a sheet of plastic, to separate the sick people from the healthy. Even if you have a dedicated sick room, you have to always make sure you keep group members that have injuries separate from those with infectious diseases, such as, let's say, oh, I don't know, influenza. Wounds are going to sometimes become infected, but they're very unlikely to be a contagiously infected wound, uh, such as some of the epidemic illnesses that you might find, cholera, things like that. A sick room in a retreat with air conditioning, that doesn't qualify as decent ventilation when the power's down, right? So you have to know that air ducts actually are more of a danger than a benefit in this situation. It makes sense. Well, if the, the virus or the contagion gets up there... Not only can it spread to other areas that are connected to that same ventilation system, but it's possible on the surface in there, depending on what it is, it could live for a while. So then you take that person out, you 
sanitize as much as you can, but then the contagion that was up in the vent now is going to fall upon the new sick person in there. So, you know, it is something to think about, and I think you were going to mention that you should cover that up with some of that plastic sheeting and the good old duct tape. Yeah. Don't forget the duct tape. Yeah, duct tape is the bomb. Absolutely, especially when you're you're talking about hanging sheeting. You know how heavy that can be. Even a a light, um, thin sheeting is still pretty heavy when you're covering a, a doorway or an entrance. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and and but it's so important to have some kind of barrier to between yourself and and, you, and the healthy people in your group and those people that are in, infected with some kind of disease that might be contagious. So it's really important to make sure you have, for example, one caregiver, somebody that's specifically in charge of taking care of the sick people, so that you don't have everybody and and their cousin going into the sick room it's, and possibly. Pa- Getting and transmitting that disease. So basically, the least amount of people that you can really have are people on 12-hour shifts. Now, I know I did 12-hour shifts um, in nursing, and oh, you are exhausted afterwards, but you are going to just be taking care of one person. Uh, One thing I want to say about that is the person who is the caregiver, as much as you might want to, if it's an adult, sit in the room, you need to stay out of the room and you need to have the least amount of contact with that sick person as possible. Now, if it's a child, especially if you're the mom or the dad or a relative, it's going to be very difficult for you to even break away for a few minutes. But if it's an adult that you can say, you know, here's something to contact me. I'm sure you were going to mention having a bell or a whistle. Um, Stay out of the room as much as possible. Or if there is only one person sick and is the child, then maybe the person that's a caregiver should be, instead of whoever the designated medic is, should be the person who's sitting that in the room. Is the family member? But remember to be dressed. You yep. still have to have your mask. Yes. We're going to talk and all and your about equipment the that he's about to go over. That that's so important. Just because you're a relative doesn't mean you're immune from what the child has. Right. Now, although I mentioned duct tapes should be kept closed, and you mentioned that too, mm-hmm. I, I do want to say that that doesn't mean that the room should not have some kind of ventilation. Yes. You always pick a room that has a window at least, and that's, that's something that lets light in. And Two windows and, are great, so yes. you get a nice breeze through that. These, yeah, these that people still need air. Right, you know? <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't, sh- don't seal them off from the world. Fresh air is really good for people right. so who are if, sick. Right, so if, if weather permits, yes, then windows course. open and... Tent flaps open if you have a hospital tent instead of, uh, if you're on the move and you have tents instead of a room. Absolutely. Now, with regards to furnishing that room, it should be minimalistic. Basically, you need a work surface, you need an area that you, where you can examine somebody, and you need bed spaces. In mild weather, some of these bed spaces can be outside as long as you provide shade via a canopy or some other means. That is something that is very, very important. But sometimes in a outbreak you may have more patients and you have room in if weather permits then bed spaces can indeed be outside and that of course takes care of your ventilation problem good idea honey hard surfaces much better than any fabric upholstery if you're at your home and you have a couch in the room and it happens to be a fabric rug type upholstery that's not what you're going to want as 
a furnishing in the sick room. Absolutely. And the same goes for any kind of quilted pillows or even carpeting. If you can find a room with a hard flooring, um, that would be super important, of course, for keeping it clean. Oh, absolutely. You have to remember that fabric has all these little areas between stitches. Absolutely. You know, it's porous. Where little bugs can sort of live. And so it's important to realize that cloth can harbor disease-causing organisms. So even bedding, by the way, might be best if it's a bad enough uh, outbreak to be covered even in plastic sheeting. As much as possible. That's right. Absolutely. And white cotton is going to be what you want to use for your sheets. And if you need a blanket, you know, something that's a little thicker, um, a white cotton quilt. And when I say quilt, I still mean flat, not quilted. Um, you know, a cover for them. Things that can be bleached, things that can be boiled, those are the kind of materials you want on the bed. Exactly. The more areas that can be disinfected easily, the better. Oh, Simple and for pillows, because you're probably going to want a pillow for the patient, put that in a plastic zip cover. Yes. That's awesome that's idea. where you want the plastic on, especially. The mattress you want to zip into something. Um, again, plastic, you know, they have the ones for uh, people who have problems with bedwetting for children and possibly adults. So you want to get some plastic covers with zips and also for the pillows, mattresses and pillows. Very good. Spoken like somebody who's dealt with people <laughs> that are bedridden. Nursing, right. yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Well, it's important <laughs> to have a way also to eliminate waste products. Everybody who is bedridden is going to have to deal with or who cares for somebody that's bedridden has to deal with issues relating to human waste products. And so even if it's just a five-gallon bucket and some bleach and sand, well, make sure you have some way to deal with that. Containers with lids, by the way, should be made available to put uh, use sick room items, for example, clothing or utensils or some other things that need uh, cleaning, things that need sterilizing and things that need cleaning. You need to have a container for that. In front of your sick room, outside the outside door. Outside the plastic. That's right. You need a station that sh that you can put a basin, let's say, with some water and soap or some other disinfectant, mm -hmm. hand sanitizers, things like that. And the personal protection items that you touched on a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, you need to have gloves, and we recommend nitrile gloves uh, because some people are allergic to latex, masks. Uh, the N95 masks are better. There are other ones, however, that are just sort of ear loop surgical masks. You may also, in, a, in addition to a mask, you also may want to have a full face mask, a, face a shield. shield. Yeah, they right. come with face shields sometimes. It comes down uh, past your chin. Exactly. Gowns, aprons are also useful, especially if it's something where you're going to be dealing with, let's say, blood, like some hemorrhagic fevers, like right. Ebola, things like that. It helps to protect your your clothing or your hazmat suit because occasionally you're going to need one of those zipper jumpsuits that are disposable. Right. Those are expensive, Tycam, right? Yeah. I think it makes that. Those are expensive. Now, keep those things, again, outside of the door, but if you can have a cabinet, that would be great. If you're indoors, you can just put them out on a table, again, outside of the sick room. If you don't have a basin, you can use um, three of the five-gallon type uh, buckets. Sure. Do 
the first one with the one to ten portion of bleach, bleach. one to ten, and solution. then do one with a soapy solution, and then with one with just water for your hands. So that might be a good situation if you don't have a basin or running water right outside of it. Also, a small container with a little alcohol in it would be good for thermometers and some smaller instruments. Things that you need to bring in and out of. And if you're uh, keeping a blood pressure cup and stethoscope in there, you may want to spray some alcohol on the hard surfaces um, just to, you know, again, keep down the germ load on all of the surfaces. You want to clean things as much as possible. Now, don't use a lot of bleach in the room if you don't have a lot of ventilation. That's bad. <laughs> um, the 1 to 10 solutions, uh, not too strong, but again, you don't want to get it in their face. You you want to you know keep that on the floors and maybe the walls. And, and then after you leave it on and let it dry, you might want to wash it down a little bit so the smell isn't too bad. Now, inside, remember, you're going to need sheets. You're going to need yes. pillows, towels, and these should be dedicated specifically for the sick person. Absolutely. So that's going to be very important. And they should always be used in the sick room and kept separate from bedding and bathing and, and eating materials of the people that are healthy in your group. Make sure they're separate. Absolutely. Absolutely separate. And when they're washed, they need to be washed separately also. There you go. Having uh, a lot of these may seem like overkill to you, but you really can't have enough of this stuff. I have to say that you just can't have enough dedicated medical supplies. you got to expect that you're going to be caring for more people than, you're, uh, than you planned for originally. There's always going to be additions, and medical items are going to be expended much faster as a result of having to take care of more people. And indeed, make no mistake, you will be taking care of more people than you think. <laughs> Uh, cleaning supplies, they also have to be considered medical preparedness items. You want to clean the sick room thoroughly on a daily basis. Hard surfaces with that soap and water or that 1 to 10 bleach solution that you were mentioning. Uh, don't forget to disinfect the doorknobs and tables and sinks and toilets and counters, even toys that uh, kids, sick kids might be playing with. Of course. With. Uh, you want to wash bed sheets and towels on a regular basis. You want to boil them if you have no other way to clean them. These items may carry disease-causing or, uh, organisms. You've got to make sure that anytime you handle them, you wash your hands after you, after you use them, before and after really would be best. And the same goes with plates and cups and knives and forks, things like that, any equipment that you bring into the sick room. And by the way, once you've brought it into the sick room, it probably should stay there. Right, absolutely. Now, if you have to bring it out, one thing you probably want to use is gloves. If you're removing the sheeting or removing any utensils or cooking ware that you need to wash, use gloves when you're handling that. Take them out of the sick room, keep your gloves on, wash them away from all of the other utensils or items that the healthy people are using, and then change your gloves and then bring them back into the room. Absolutely. Boy, you have a lot of good advice. <laughs> You are impressive. It's, you have to just keep this mindset, okay, all of this is is dirty, and all of these things are clean, and how do I keep them separate? Right. Oh, one last thing. You did mention it quickly, a noisemaker of some sort, a whistle, other kinds of noisemaker, a bell that's going to allow people that are sick to alert you when they need help. That's going to decrease anxiety on their part, give them confidence that you know when they are in distress. You have to remember that the duties of a medic involve more than controlling bleeding or splitting an orthopedic injury, that there are a lot of problems related to infectious diseases, and you have to be ready how to put together an effective sick room, go a long way 
toward helping the sick get healthy and the healthy stay that way. Hey, last week we had Jack of Black Scout Survival. He is back for the end of part two of his interview with Nurse Amy. Here we are, Nurse Amy and Jack of Black Scout Survival. I just want to ask you real quickly about, we talked a little bit about your YouTube channel, but I want to know how you got started and what made you do that first video? Yeah, so it's it's so funny. Um, like I said, we we were a store and we uh-huh. we were doing like online content. Like for the store, we just had a few like articles, you know, mm-hmm. on escaping evasion and anti kidnapping. And then one day, my my partner he said, "Hey man, could you do a few instructional videos just showing how to use this? We got some people asking questions." And so made a few videos just showing how to you know use some of the products. And then I was like, well, you know, let's make a few educational videos, too, outside of that, you know. And and then all of a sudden, the, you know, people started subscribing and people started liking it. And, you know, then I was like, well, maybe we should make more videos. So then we just started making videos. And, you know, we've been doing it regularly. You know, we put out you know, two to three videos a week. And that we is have a for lot, the past, Jack. That is a yeah, lot of videos, dude. It, I know. We have, like, almost, I think, 800 we uh, started. We started. I think February 2012. I think it was. Uh-huh. Um, is, is when we started. So just uh, just over five years. Wow, that is amazing. I'm I'm so happy for you. And you know, guys, if you're watching his videos, Black Scout Survival, subscribe, like the videos. You, nobody's going to come drag you out of, out of your house because you subscribed and liked the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody is. Trust me, listen, I, it was funny. Like, uh, I have a group uh, called uh, – we have a private network called the Black Scout Tribe, and, and we talk over there, and, and they were, like, you know, talking about it. Amongst themselves, they were saying that did anybody discuss, you know, that they did prepping with anybody else, and like friends or family, and everybody was, like, pretty much like, no, you know, this that. And I just I went on there and said, yeah, well I've told a few million people, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. uh, so it's like don't don't be worried. They hadn't came and got me yet. So they, right. <clears throat> if if Black Scout Survival or, or Jack it disappears, folks, then we all know it's time to go hide. Yeah. Because they're gonna they'll start right. working down the list. But I believe Jack is a one of the top of the list, so they'll get him first. So just keep an yeah, eye out for right. the videos if they disappear. <laughs> That's right. If I start making videos, y'all go feel the hot. <laughs> that you know what? I was gonna ask you what you thought the trigger might be, but I just discovered what the trigger is when Jack disappears. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's ball game, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to put you on a text alert system so we know when <laughs> that's you disappear. Right. Yeah, G- G- GPS tracking. Yep, right. When Jack's blip disappears off of this yeah. map, everyone runs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to insert a GPS into your uh, forearm. I'm so sorry. That's right. Chip, chip me. Chip me, and I'm going to sell an app for it. <laughs> so That's everyone right. Track. <laughs> I'll be get right. while you're walking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. See, now we just got another project. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, my gosh. Too funny. Um, Do you have anything new besides the flashlight coming out? Anything you want to tell people, future videos you have planned, or, you know, some other projects? 
you're doing, anything? Okay, so oh. obviously we put out videos, you know, content every uh, week. So make sure you subscribe to our channel because the thing is, is that a lot of people don't understand is that, look, you know, we don't make millions off YouTube, and a lot of this is I, I do or we do because we want to give back to folks. You know, we have a store. That's our main line of income. Please come shop with us, you know, and, and buy any anything that we have. Come buy it with us, you know, support us, because we want to give free content. You know, obviously we get paid a little bit from AdSense, but that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't do us justice. But the, the biggest thing is getting the word out there. So please share the videos, you know, like them. Tell your friends. Get everybody involved. Get everybody prepared. up. I've started a new saying this uh, year called being a prepared citizen. You know, everybody thinks that you have to be some like Joe Commando or, you know, this and that. But let's just all be prepared citizens, you know, and uh, and, and and by doing that, sharing this information with other people, you know, you're only helping and planting That's that right. seed in those folks instead of the, you know, um, the liberal uh, seed that maybe planted into to them, planting the, you know, prepared citizen seed. So, Definitely uh, invite them to come check us out and, and check Absolutely. out our uh, store, you know. But uh, I told, you know, everyone 2017 was going to be a big year for us. I got a lot of things coming out, um, you know, product development. So one thing we just came out with a few weeks ago is called Concealment Wallet. Um, and it's uh, a very high-speed way of concealing um, either your your wallet, like, you know, your um, – driver's license cash all that kind of stuff great for traveling great for being on the beach and, and, and board shorts and, and you don't have any pockets great way to carry the stuff your room key couple dollars cash ids whatever it's also a great way to hide escape tools you know it was actually a uh, built force by you know i try to support other veteran companies this is uh, a veteran company builds this for me a guy uh, centerline systems this guy former ci operative smart guy we got a lot of projects together in the future so um I'll, t I'll touch on another one just in a second with him. But this product was uh, developed by a friend of mine and another guy that kind of like uh, both had ideas, inputs, developed this product. So I didn't develop this product, but they approached me with it, and I loved the idea, and I thought it would be great. So the concealment wallet, check that out. It's a great way. I got a video detailing information. The other thing we're coming out with is a belt that's going to be like a, um, a normal everyday belt, everyday, everyday carry belt. But it's going to be, you know, rigid for carrying a firearm. But it's also going to have concealment pockets, so you can hide cash, you know, your maybe micro SD cards, ha house key, um, mm -hmm. handcuff keys, you know, stuff to um, for escaping, you know, restraints and things like that. So we're coming out with that. Um, you know, this guy's former CI operative. He has a lot of ideas on a lot of different things, stuff that well, he's probably used before. I have a question. Will it come with a handcuff key? We'll it may, yeah, I, I may, I may load it out. I may give an option where you get it loaded out. That's what I did with the concealment wallet. Yeah, I, I gave like a a vanilla option, then I gave one loaded out because I know some people already have a lot of this gear. But yeah, I may, I may load it out, you know, anyway, and just that that way the belt comes. But yeah, we sure. we have these uh we have these handcuff keys. I'm sure you've probably seen it, but they're like the plastic ones, non-metallic, so they can't be metal detected. And yeah. uh, that's that's what I plan to use in that belt system. So, and it's going to look like an everyday gun belt. I mean, it's not going to look gimmicky or cheesy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's another product we're coming out with them. Again, I'm I'm trying to support other veteran companies, you know. And we, but we do have a lot of things coming out this year. So definitely um, be stopping by our store, uh, BlackScoutSurvival.com, and got a lot of new products. Um, I've got a great. This is a new new 
new product oh, alert. Okay, here we I ha- go. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't spoken about this anywhere else either. But I'm coming out with like a a, a gray man, I guess, backpack, a prepared citizen backpack, and uh-huh. this thing is also another veteran company, a former Army Ranger, is uh, built for me, and it's going to be, uh, you know, very low vis. Like you're not going to be able to tell anything. It's going to have a lot of application. You know, uh, it's not going to look tactical. But it's going to have a lot of applications. It's going to be great for EDC bag or get home bag or bug out bag. It's going to be great for all that. So um, just stand by for that. We should, I think we're doing prototyping. Um, should have my prototype in a, about a month or so. Should be midsummer. We'll release them. So if everything goes well. Excellent. Now is that bag is just a, it's just the bag, or are you actually going to load that out? It's a backpack. I, I won't load that out. Um, okay. I may. It's going to have some concealment in it, so it's going to have some hidden features. So it's going to come with a few items, uh, like um, small, like seer items, survival, mm-hmm. escape, invasion items, and uh, so it will come with some items. But I'll, you know, I, won't, I won't, won't load out the whole pack, but it will come with some items. Yes. Cool. Now I have a question about the belt. Will is the yes. belt going to have um, metal? The buckle is it going to be the metal? buckle? Will yeah, the buckle will be metal, um, okay. just because this could also possibly act as like a, a repel belt if you needed to. Uh, gotcha. But, you want it strong. You know, yeah, you want it strong. Or you yeah. can use it for a lot of different emergency situations, you know. Um, sure. No, I was only asking because, again, going back to the stupid TC, a TSA. Sorry, folks, if anybody works for TSA. Yeah, they, sorry, guys. I, I'm, I apologize to anyone. I'm, I'm sure I've never met you, but the one every once in a while, we fly a couple times a, a month sometimes. Oh, my gosh. I always run into the bad ones. I don't know what's with me. I, I don't know why I attract the the, the bitchy people, excuse my language, at uh, TSA. Or they're just, like, having a bad day or they haven't eaten lunch yet or something. But yeah. I, got, I got groped is the only way I can describe it the last uh, time. Because I had this tag dang. in my pants, my jeans. And, uh, you know, i got to cut it off. But it always shows up on the, the scan. It's just a tag. It's just a, a tag in the jeans. Yeah. And the labels shows up on it. And, and this time, they've, they've increased their groping. That The woman's hand, how do I say this, um, PG, uh, went high up on my leg into an area that should not have a hand touching That's it terrible. several times up and down the legs from the front and then in the back same thing that shoved the hand as high as it'll go That's i was like crazy. oh and then the new thing they're doing is they're taking three fingers and they're going inside your pants in the waist stuff their fingers down inside your pants and they go all the way around your, the inside of your pants. That that's is insane. horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. So, anyway, that's the new TSA thing. So, I, this is why I keep bringing up TSA, because I have to go deal with them all the time. <laughs> I can't always drive. I'm trying to drive yeah. as much as possible, but I can't always drive. <laughs> oh, Anyway. So, yeah, I got a funny story about this. Um, me and my wife, I think we're going to, I think we're going to Turks and Caicos. Uh-huh. I was busy. I was, and you can't I drive there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we, we were, we were flying out of uh, airport about an hour away. 
And mm-hmm. so I we, we I woke up late, but I no, she woke up late or something happened. Anyway, I was working on the computer though, like up until the last minute, like I had to do something. Got so it. we we you know get in the car and head up that way, and uh, almost to the airport, I forget I, I left my passport at home. <gasps> and so oh. we drive all the way back. Like I mean, she's oh, about no. to kill me. You know, so we drive all the way back, go get my passport, we go back to the airport. We get there in the nick of time. Oh. We go through two different, you know, TSA lines because it is so backed up. Anyhow, she uh, messed around and, and, and put a, a jar of peanut butter in my bag, right? And uh, and so I get up there, and they, you know, they, they're going crazy, you know, and, and pull me, you know, aside and, and this and that. But I got this peanut butter. I was like, I didn't put this in there. You know, so then I get up there to the airport. I get through. I said, just keep it. Just keep it, you know. And I'm, I'm acting up. But like, they're about to kick me out of line and stuff, you know. And so I get up to my wife. I said, there's a, a jar of peanut butter in my bag. She said, oh, I'll put that in there. I said, you can't put that in my freaking carry-on bag, you know. I about missed the flight, you know. Oh, no. No, I got uh, a worse story. My husband put a knife in my carry-on. Oh, no. Yes, we were at a show. We were at an expo. And... You know, we've we've got some knives. Usually, we put them in the check-in luggage because you know we're opening yeah. boxes and we want to have protection. So he thought it was an excellent idea to put. We had a knife, and it was I think the blade was probably eleven or twelve inches, maybe Whoa. ten. Huge, huge knife. Looks like you're going to kill everybody in the airport with yeah. a knife. Yeah. Just like the worst knife you can possibly imagine. My husband thought it would be a great idea because he's packing up so quick to just throw it in one of our luggage pieces that we always bring on the plane. So it happened to be the one that I put up on the conveyor belt. So everybody gets called over. Like everybody from TSA is suddenly huddled around my luggage. And one of them whips out this knife and holds it up in the air, you know, like it's a a sword and says, is this yours? Talk about wanting to die. To die. I turned to my husband and I said, what the uh, hell did you put in my bag? I'm like, I'm going to kill you. That's funny. It was Jeez. so mortifying. I, I'm like, I, I can't believe I, I laughed it off. You know, thankfully I didn't look like a terrorist, and they didn't think I was actually trying to kill anybody. Yeah, that's oh hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. Oh, my God. I just I just keep it, whatever. <laughs> I can't deal with it. <laughs> oh. Oh. They, they were actually pretty nice about it. Like I said, th- you know, if, if I didn't look the way I look, then yeah. – I would have been hauled off somewhere, probably had to be stripped, searched, you know. Oh, Does she have any yeah. other weapons she's trying to sneak on board? I mean, oh, that was scary. <laughs> so, anyway, um, how can people reach you? I know we've got BlackScoutSurvival.com. We've got YouTube channel, Black Scout Survival. Um, If somebody wants to send you a message, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? A few different ways. Jack at BlackScoutSurvival.com is my email. Probably the absolute best way to contact me. Okay. Uh, we also have Facebook. Um, you know, e- either I or someone else will be checking that, as well as Instagram. Either I or Wait, someone else will be Facebook checking channel? that. 
What's your Facebook um, now? Facebook is Black Scout Survival. Um, okay. Just up on, on Facebook. We have a okay. Twitter. Um, and, and Twitter, you can contact me directly. I run the Twitter myself. So um, okay. I'm not very very active on there, but I, I do get on there. And then Instagram, um, myself and some other folks also run that. If it's a direct question for me, just say, hey, Jack. That way they can um, get the question okay. to me. Um, and Instagram is Black Scout Survival. Anywhere um, the social media we have is uh, Black Scout Survival. So. Fantastic. Well, this has been so entertaining and awesome. Thank you, Jack, for coming back. Again, I had oh, other questions to ask you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll keep in touch, folks. Um, again, this has been Jack from Black Scout Survival. And um, I think this is going to take up pretty much the show <laughs> for this week. <laughs> yeah, I think that happened last time. We actually turned into two shows last time, I I'm, think, right? I'm thinking I may have to split this up. <laughs> so, anyway, well, thank you so much, Jack. Yeah, it was All a right. pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Jack of Black Scout Survival. Thanks, Jack, for coming on the show. That's all the time we have this week. Don't forget, boys and girls, you do us a real solid. That's a favor to those in my age group. If you head over to your favorite social media site and follow us, Twitter, it's Prepper Show, Facebook, it's Doom and Bloom, and some others, and our survival medicine group, Survival Medicine, DR Bones, Nurse Amy, and our YouTube channel can be found at DR Bones, Nurse Amy. Thanks for following us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us. Send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.